The most radically Catholic author in American literature is probably Flannery O'Connor. She lived on a Georgia farm, but from time to time, as an author, she had to make the cultural circuit. Once at a New York City dinner party, another author, Mary McCarthy, shared with O'Connor that although she was no longer a practicing Catholic, she still found inspiration in the symbolism of the Eucharist. O'Connor famously replied, well, if it's just a symbol, to hell with it. She later wrote about the incident, that was all the defense I was capable of, but I realize now that this is all I will ever be able to say about the Eucharist. It is the center of existence for me. In the past two weeks here at St. John 23rd, we've talked about the Eucharist as a meal and as a sacrament. Today, we talk about the central mystery of our faith, that Christ is truly physically present in the Eucharist, present in body, blood, soul, and divinity. We may have moments of doubt, but let us still come forward and receive, praying as the Father with the epileptic Son says to Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord Jesus, you are present in our gathering as your mystical body, in the proclamation of God's word, and in the sacrament of the Eucharist. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you give us our spiritual daily bread. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you will continue to nourish and guide us at every moment of our lives. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. The United States Postal Service recently released their 30th stamp in the Literary Arts series. Can we have a slide of that? Yes. It is its beautiful 93-cent stamp honoring Flannery O'Connor. What's the deal with the peacock feathers? Well... O'Connor raised exotic birds all her life. Uh, Before Mass, we were showing the video from when she was five years old and the National News came to photograph her, or film her chicken that could walk backwards. But she had a special fondness, especially for peacocks throughout her life. Many times her short stories include references to these kings of the birds. One day... The telephone lineman had to come to her house and do some repairs, and he hung around afterwards, hoping to see one of her peacocks display its feathers. And after about 15 minutes, it happened. O'Connor writes about that moment. She said, the display was perfect. The bird turned slightly to the right, and the little plants above him were hung in bronze. And then he turned slightly to the left, and they were all hung in green. The lineman's reaction? Never saw such long, ugly legs. I bet that rascal could outrun a bus. That's part of why O'Connor loved peacocks so much. They had extraordinary beauty, but only at certain moments. Only the males, only after three years of maturity, only in the spring and the summer before they molted, and only when they felt like unfurling their plumage. Even then, the other parts of the peacock were not as beautiful. O'Connor's stories are filled with people like peacocks, overly proud of their good qualities, 
but displaying eccentricities, even grotesqueness. More than most authors, O'Connor scrutinized her country, her beloved Southland, and the kinds of people that she knew under a harsh light. But some of her characters rise to become their best selves when pushed to the brink. For example, in her most famous story, the really, really, really annoying grandmother becomes tender-hearted only when a gun is pointed to her head. Now, if you're new to St. John 23rd Parish this weekend, you're probably wondering where this homily is going. Rest assured, I don't usually preach about works of literature. I'm actually a former optical engineer and an amateur musician. People here can tell you I am more likely to preach about analytical geometry, right? I've done that a few times, than Nathaniel Hawthorne, which I've only done once. But many of you are beginning college, and for the grad students, you're beginning at a new place. You are venturing into a world of new ideas. At the university, everything is up for grabs. Everything can be examined in light as harsh as Flannery O'Connor's. Some days, that intense scrutiny will make you realize how beautiful the values you've had have always been, as beautiful as the peacock's unfurled plumage. You may very likely discover in college the ugly underbelly of human nature. But at other times, it will be the other way around, where in this scrutiny, you will feel like the backwards-walking chicken, which I think is kind of awkward. Mary Beth thought was cute. And others will appear to be the majestic peacocks. St. John 23rd Parish is not a refuge from questioning. But here, we strive to be a community where it is safe to ask new questions, to wrestle with complex answers, and to feel the embrace of Jesus Christ throughout the whole process. No matter how you choose to get involved around here, be it going to Vol Catholic gatherings, focused Bible studies, awakening retreats, joining the Knights of Columbus or the Columbiettes, or our graduate students and young professionals group, or just hanging out upstairs between classes, you are likely to discover that you possess an inner beauty outshining even the most gorgeous peacock. On our best days here, the only light we use to scrutinize ourselves is the light of Christ. And that light is powered by the Eucharist, which the Second Vatican Council proclaimed to be the source and summit of the Christian life. Back to our Gospel passage. From the earliest days, Christians believed during their gathering at the table, the simple bread and wine were transformed into Christ into his very body and blood, his soul and divinity. It doesn't make sense. It's a miracle we sometimes struggle to believe. But if bread and wine can become the physical body of Christ, then each of us can surely be transformed into part of Christ's mystical body. Whoever eats the flesh of the Son of Man and drinks his blood will have eternal life. At every Mass, the priest invites the people to come forward for the Eucharistic banquet, saying, 
Behold the Lamb of God. Today, when I say that, may we hear Jesus calling out to each of us as Lady Wisdom does in the book of Proverbs. Come, eat of my food and drink the wine that I have mixed. Advance in the way of understanding. Once again, welcome to St. John 23rd Parish and the University of Tennessee. We are glad that you are part of us.